0: to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Leland McRae is with me as usual. We welcome Coach Drew Bugden, who is now uh, coming off a 1-0 start after his win against Waynesboro. He's the head coach of the Wilson Memorial Green Hornets. We'll talk to him in the B Block. We'll also be talking about the Hokies, who finally got to play basketball again, UVA's basketball, JMU sports, and then we'll be talking, of course, here in the leadoff about high school football. So let's get to it. Uh, Let's start with, I want to start with Friday. I know you have something else listed here first, but I want to start with Friday. I want to take it in chronological order. Stewart's draft was a team that uh, we weren't sure how they were going to fare against Glenver. uh, And then they came out and thumped Glenver. 27 to nothing. A huge, huge win for Stewart's draft, and I think, to me, Leland, signaled two things. One, that the offense is going to be okay, just fine. And more importantly, I think, for Stewart's draft, their defense last year was so suffocating. To see them come and pitch a shutout against Glenver to me, says the Stewart's draft defense will be back to that usual top-notch defense in the Shenandoah district. Maybe it remains to be seen if they're as good or better than Riverhead's defense, but it's going to be right there competing with them.
1: And I think the big thing with this is that the reason we're saying good things about Stewart's draft right now, isn't because we thought they were bad. We thought they were good. We, we put them in the playoffs so we could go in our predictions and everything. And you know, we gave them a good chance of beating the Glenver game uh, winning against Glenver. We just didn't know like what kind of game it would be exactly the fact of what you just said. A shutout versus that offense? Wow. Good job. You know, heck of an effort. And then putting up 27 points and controlling that game and never really being a, a doubter. I mean, it's just very impressive for this team with the transitions they have had. I mean, they're they're playing a different quarterback. They're they're adding a, a dynamic running back in there. Uh their defense is probably where they lost the most, I would say, with plenty returning, but still losing some top-notch players. You know, Will Jones unexpectedly. You wouldn't expect that a year ago. You know, twelve months ago, you weren't thinking that. Uh, I think it it stood out the most. And Patrick hite tweeted, "Like, what was the biggest win?" And as we'll talk about these other wins by like Gap and Stanton, how and, and Riverheads, how you know good those wins were. I I put this one first because it's just the most unexpected. I think I could be convinced that these other games would have gone the way they did. Close game, they win. Close game, field goal win. Durst Drive coming out and rocking Glenver was just not my not my expectation at all. And I think it has a bigger standing across the state. I think all of class two was like, Oh, okay. Glenver's probably a playoff team. Stuart draft just controlled that. And, and they were just in this championship a, a year ago. I, I just think absolutely a statement maker.
0: So now we'll talk about their opponent for the next coming week. That's Buffalo gap. You mentioned there when they upset Larray 17 to 14 in, uh, or right before overtime, um, and got a huge, huge win there with an upset of LeRae. And honestly, I just – no, that was a 25-yard field goal in overtime um, to beat LeRae. That game did go into overtime. You have his time expired. Excuse expires, me. Yeah, but yeah, that's a yeah, bad that's, note. Yep. That's a overtime win for Buffalo Gap. And honestly, I didn't see this coming. I, I did not see Buffalo Gap beating LeRae. I thought LeRae was the best team in 2B, and Buffalo Gap has come out in week one and said – they're not better than us. So, Buffalo Gap getting that win, hats off to them. It sets up a huge, huge matchup with Stewart's Draft because now both these teams are coming in 1-0. I still think there's probably only room for one of these, although given what I've seen, if Loree has a good season and Glimmer has a good season, maybe there's room for two.
1: Yeah, and and this this is the one that got me most excited because Buffalo Gap, you know, is one of those teams that I felt like I was defending to you last week a lot. You know, I was I was telling you you know Buffalo Gap, you know always gets a win that you don't expect. Week one, here we go with the win that we didn't ex- that you didn't expect. That I honestly wouldn't have predicted. I would have predicted Larey Le- win, uh, just because the outer respect for Larey. So right there, Buffalo Gap comes out gets a win that you don't expect, and now you know they get, then the pressure's on. Now the expectations from everybody are higher than what they were because I we're not the only ones that thought Larey was good. Everybody thought you know, we were talking to Cody two weeks ago and he was mentioning, you know, is Lorray maybe the favorite in two B and then justifiably so. Now they're not. Now it's back to Stewart's draft with Buffalo Gap ahead of them. And so yeah, monster game this week. Uh, you know, moving forward. Congratulations to that kicker, Hunter Campbell making a twenty-five-yard field goal under pressure. That's that's awesome. I don't want to I don't want to breeze past that too quickly. Great job there. But now it sets up this matchup with Stewart's draft, and I I think it's a huge game. I I I you know, two a week ago, we probably weren't just guaranteed. Oh, that's going to be a heck of a game. I think it's going to be a, a good game. Now, maybe Stewart's draft comes out strong again, and now it's just going to be another you know feather in the cap for Stewart's draft. If that's the case, but something tells me Gap's going to hang around in the very least, and they're they're going to have their opportunities in this game. While I might pick Stewart's draft to win this game, uh, it's not going to be a shocker if they win, basically because they just beat LeRae last week. Now, I think the world has woke up on Buffalo Gap, what they might have this season, and, and they can get some win. You know, we'll talk about Riverheads later, but no matter what we say about these other teams, that Riverheads, you know, when you do it for 25 years, you, you do say, OK, who's going to beat Riverheads? Who can do it? And, and it stinks that it always comes back to that. It's the case. But right here, whoever wins this week is, you know, in that driver's seat of can you do it?
0: Yeah, I think whoever wins this game is second place in the Shandwa district this year, at least. I think so, too. Um yeah. And I guess, you know, it depends on how the season plays out if they're able to be that team that upsets Riverheads, if they can be the district champion. But yeah, I I agree with you. They're in the driver's seat for second place. And I I think the winner of this game becomes second place. So uh,
1: at least, at least second place. Yeah.
0: I'm excited to see uh, how this game plays out uh, on Friday night at Stewart's draft. So I, I think both teams
1: maybe a little less snow on the ground for this game.
0: Hopefully, um,
1: I mean, it was piling up out of draft, like on video. It was crazy how much snow it looked like it was out there.
0: Yeah, it it was piling up at Waynesboro, too. And we'll talk about that one in a second. But, yeah, I think both of these teams coming off huge wins, too. I think it's going to be interesting to see which coach gets his team focused again and recalibrated and says, hey, guys, that win was great, but we got to focus and, and get ready for this other game because this game could decide who goes to the playoffs and who doesn't.
1: And I think that's a great point. And I'd give the advantage to Stuart's draft there. Mm-hmm. They just went through a playoff run last year mm-hmm. where they had huge wins and, you know, the win in the state semifinal that the program had never had before. And then they came ready to play. They lost the state championship, but they came ready to play. They weren't, they weren't outshined in that game. They came out fighting. So that coach got them ready. So I think a lot of those guys having lived through that, I give them a little bit of advantage there to Stewart's draft, but I mean, these are two rivals. I mean, they played a tight game last year during the regular season. I know the playoffs was a little bit more decided, but I, I'm, I'm ready for a good one.
0: Well, and uh, not saying Coach Wygant can't get his team ready and recalibrated, but yeah, we've yeah. also seen Coach Floyd do this with Stewart's Draft year after year now. I mean, Stewart's Draft has been a successful yep. program most of his tenure there. So uh, moving on, on a Friday night. Waynesboro played Wilson at Waynesboro and the snow was out in the first half. We didn't have yard markers. So we were looking at a white field with white lines and a team in white jerseys with yellow numbers. Uh, Wilson, if you're listening to this change green numbers, please. My gosh, That, that is a nightmare for on a good night. So in snow, it was even harder to try to figure out who's who on that field, but to the game, I thought Wilson in this first half against Waynesboro was on the ropes. Uh, Waynesboro was playing really well in the first half. Their defense was dominating. Their offense was getting enough done. They had a big play from Gamble that got them tied. But then it was right at the end of the first half. uh, Coach Bugden gets a fourth down stop, calls a timeout to get the fourth down stop, which I thought was crazy given how little time was left. But then he gets a big, big play to actually just in the first half on a touchdown, a long pass play. And so that puts him up 15 to eight going into the locker room. And then in the second half, it was just 20 nothing in the second half and Wilson controlled. Uh, so I was kind of impressed with Wilson. I'll say this for Waynesboro fans. Michael Smith's not a bad quarterback. I think he, if you give him a little bit of time back there, he's not bad. Uh, and he can, he can probably help you stay in some ball games Defense has got to be better, and in this game, Leland, we talk about it so much with these young kids sometimes. It's discipline. There were one or two mistakes, especially in the second half, that I thought really, really hurt Waynesboro on penalties that were just undisciplined penalties, and that helped Wilson pull away and then stay up stay up big. So for Wilson, I, I was impressed with Carter, and I was impressed with uh, the quarterback play from Wilson as well. And um, I think for them it's definitely secondary. Waynesboro, it almost needs to be primary. You almost need to mix in some short to medium passes to get your run game going. Um, Ryan Barber, just he was being swallowed up before he even got the ball a lot of the time there at Waynesboro. So they're going to have to mix that. With Wilson, it, it is definitely secondary, uh, but it's nice to know that your quarterback can be relied on in a third and medium.
1: Uh, what I think is interesting is a year ago, we watched these two teams meet in a in a game opener, and I think it went kind of similar. It was a quiet first half where I think Wilson I think they, I think Wilson did score, but it was still a competitive game at halftime. And I think we were a little surprised, knowing, you know, the struggles Waynesboro was having and and justifiably so from what they had later in the season where they were forfeiting a game for not having enough players. And then Wilson took over. So it was a lot of the same group of guys, different coaching staff. But here it is again, these two teams playing like an even first half, and then Wilson Wilson taking off and, and using some momentum. Particularly there in the second half, so I find that interesting. Even though the head coach is different, still uh, a, a similar theme there. But yeah, I I think what I like from that game is that you probably do have things if you're Waynesboro to pull out of that game that you can that can you can prove with. And uh, obviously with Wilson, you got the win. Uh, you'll hear in the interview with uh, with Co- Coach Bugden that you know they acknowledged that that wasn't their best game. They were sloppy. They kind of came out, and he, he hit on the point that. I wanted it for a lot of these games. No one had scrimmages. So Mm -hmm. I, I kind of justify everybody looking a little rough early. And even, even if it is Larray, like LaRay could rebound win that district up there, make the playoffs and be a problem. But these first games, like I'm, I'm acknowledging a little bit of rustiness, a little bit of, you know, learning how we get here, you know, a little confusion. It's going to happen a little bit. So I think that game right there, showed that for both sides but then Wilson was just able to recover the quickest and 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 good coaching decisions that that set him up so we both picked Wilson to win that game so not a shocker Wilson wins it I, I was shocked when it was t- like close you know closing into halftime or not shocked but just surprised but yeah so good w- good win for Wilson but Waynesboro still something positive there that's what I like about that one
0: Yeah, I want you to lead the conversation on their opponent for next week in Riverheads because you were there, you called the game. I saw, I'd say about three quarters of this game, but uh, since you were calling it and you saw the whole thing, I'll let you lead the conversation.
1: Yeah, I mean, they beat Tazwell, and people might look at that score or or saw the updates from Saturday afternoon, and and Tazwell was winning throughout that game. You know, at halftime, they had the 9-7 lead. Uh, Late in the third quarter, they had a... um, 17 to 14 lead. But how often do we see teams go into Riverheads and, and maybe have a lead, maybe have it close there into the third quarter. And then just Riverheads stays on pace and the other team doesn't. And that's what we saw there. I will say Tazwell's benefit. It wasn't obvious that their physicality or that they got tired where uh, the physicality got lesser or anything. They fought until the end. Riverheads, that machine just like it eventually breaks through and finds ways to win. And, and gets the yards on this run and play and continues the drive there, where in the first half maybe Tazwell got the stop. And then there's the pass play that you're really not expecting because you've seen the run in so much, and you see that kind of game clinching touchdown uh, from uh, Bennett Dunlap to Smiley there. It, it, it was traditional in a lot of senses for Riverheads where there was some long drives from Riverheads that took a lot of time off the clock. You know, there was an early turnover that really benefited Tazwell. There was some uncharacteristic penalties that you're not used, seeing, used to seeing Riverheads have. I kind of chalk a little bit of that up to first game, but at the same time, Tazewell fought and, and they weren't backing down and they, um, they came to play and that's a series that's going to continue. Now they had this year uh, in the, in the weird scheduled year, but in the next two seasons, they're going to play each other with Riverheads going down there next year and Tazewell coming back in two years. I'm really excited about those matchups. I know a lot of these guys from Tazewell were seniors, so we might not see that exact same team next year, Riverheads, we do just kind of assume a lot of those guys will be back, so I'm excited about this matchup. But I mean, this game particularly, you know, you have Zach Smiley; he's the player of the game. He has three touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns in the in the, um, the first three quarters, and then that pass reception touchdown. But then you also have a freshman in um, a uh, ah the Caden Cook Cash kid. He's the freshman. He's a speed guy, but also has some power. Sounds like Zach Smiley. But, you know, this guy's a couple of years behind Zach Smiley, and, and this kid's going to be good, and he's the future. And he got his first uh, touchdown on varsity uh, with in the uh, early fourth quarter there, and it was, you know, a great job. Uh, it was actually late third quarter when he got that touchdown. But, you know, it, it was just uh, so much typical. With everything else being weird right now, you go to that game, there's only so much fans still had the fireworks which was was cool for the small crowd but you know with so much being different and we're not sure and we're not sure if this can be the same Riverheads looked normal even with a little bit of rust even with a little bit of sloppiness it still was the Riverheads team and and you can see what you're going to expect with that team but I'm excited about these matchups in the future and I you know I'm excited that Riverheads when they needed plays they got them that's what we got so it's it's just hard to Think much differently about Riverheads after that game, even even though that score, you know, wasn't a twenty-one point victory that Joe calls. Yeah, it's not the. Thre- it was wasn't still... a three-score
0: victory, so my prediction that they weren't going to have a game within three scores is already wrong.
1: Yeah, it, it it felt like Riverheads had control of that game, even when they were losing, even in halftime. It wasn't like, oh my goodness. So mm. it it'll be see it. <laughs> what.
0: Uh, see, I was going to ask Literally, you see, when yeah. you felt like the game turned, and for me uh before i guess i get to that point i just want to say like the thing i took away from this no, I, game I is of the
1: first half, second i'm half.
0: curious to see if riverheads improves on their past defense before they get to sewers draft because that seems to be the next best passing team they'll play um
1: and that's a traditional problem at riverhead like i mean that's you can look back at 25 years of riverheads and and without getting too technical what they do on defense does seem to allow for some more one-on-one matchups with your defense I and mean, when you have a safety that's playing up more that's causing more problems that might not give you safeties on both sides of the field that you see it at a lot of high schools um sure. it works for riverheads i mean you, you can't argue against it it's, it's worked but pass defense always seems to come up as a problem for riverheads when i watch once i started doing game of the weeks five six seven years ago i started noticing a lot of teams have problems with pass defense so it's just a, i think it is a high school thing that you see but it does after how dominant the rest of Riverheads defense is, it is always their pass defense. That's the weakest. Yeah, I think it will improve. I think I've seen it in other years. I think mm-hmm. Linver last year against Riverheads had some deep passes and then other teams weren't able to have that kind of success. And even in the playoffs uh, with much different teams, teams that they're not used to throwing the ball downfield and Riverheads was successful. I think it'll adjust and it's experience for those guys that, you know, only so many balls getting thrown to you from an opposing team, you know, that you got to defend it. And so I think they'll settle in. I, and you see it, it's easy to predict that when you see it so many years where you asked, where I saw that game change, even though Taswell had the lead after this, I think the open end of the second half, I think Taswell really needed to come out strong. Oh, and see, I agree. Have an extended drive, have an extended drive or get field position or something. They come out, run this, this, this jet sweep that ends up reversing field and it's just kind of chaotic. And I mean, in the moment, I called it chaotic, but then they couldn't even get the next play going because I think they were still like kind of wrapped up with what just happened on that last play. It wasn't what we expected. They call a timeout and then they run the play and it gets tipped at the line of scrimmage and Riverheads intercepts it and all the momentums in Riverheads' favor there, even with the the deficit, it's all in their favor. They go down and score. Now, Tazwell does get the lead again, but it's just, you just knew Riverheads was going to be able to score again and again and again. Can Tazwell and Riverheads after that point said no. They scored again, and then that was it. That's all they had. And it was a real, like, a 60-yard run play that got them all the way down there. Might have been, might have been a pass away. 60 yard play, 60-yard play that got them all the way yeah. down there. You, you know, it. I think that's where the momentum changed, even though the score might not even show it that way. I think you still had that, you just had that confidence in Riverheads from that point on. And I, I being uh, Riverheads homer, I never lost that confidence, even down at halftime. I just, I've seen this too many times.
0: I understand down at halftime, but I was thinking going into halftime, if Tazwell comes out and Tazwell gets a touchdown on this drive.
1: Yeah. Two score lead. Yeah.
0: Then, then I believe Tazwell's is going to win because the one thing about Riverheads, that offense isn't built for multiple score comebacks. It's just not. So, well,
1: you would think they could just outlast them and can they get enough stops? And, and it'd have been tight. It would have been tight if that was the case. Yeah. But,
0: but like yeah. you said, they ran that reverse play to open the half, which I thought bold. Um, yeah and it didn't work, and then the next play was that tip uh, that got picked off, and when that happened, in my head, watching, I was like, that's it. They're done. And even though, like you said, they ended up scoring and getting the lead again, I just felt, yeah, but Riverhead's going to have one of these Riverhead drives where they just drive the entire length of the field and kill your spirit and score, and they did, and Tazwell, uh, to their credit, looked like they might be getting ready to score again. To maybe get the lead, but then I, there was a fourth down. They failed. Yeah, they failed on a fourth down. And and that was definitely when that happened. I was like, all right, no chance. But oh, yeah. That's, I, I did feel yeah. after that interception to open the second half that Riverheads was going to be okay and they were going to come away with the win. All right.
1: All right. Looking at Fort Defiance. Night game?
0: Yeah, Fort Defiance on Friday played Rockbridge. Good news, it was much closer than last year. Bad news, I have major concerns about Fort um down 15 they lose 15 nothing it's bad weather first game all that I'm hoping that's what it was um Ford's defense appears to be pretty good still only giving up 15 to an offense like Rockbridge even in the snow is an accomplishment the offense not not scoring is a concern for me because I had questions when Austin Monroe leaves Who's going to step up? Who's going to be able to fill that void? Are they going to have the receivers if the quarterback play is there to step up? Because while I know Bartley is a great back, you got to give him some help. Otherwise, teams are just going to stack the box. Yeah, but otherwise, teams are going to stack the box and say, I dare you to do something else. And Ford Defiance can put up any points. So that's going to be a problem as they go into the Shenandoah District. And that I think Fort, of the teams in the Shenandoah District, Fort, Raised the most red flags to me in Week One.
1: I'd like their defense. Watching, I I had that game on my computer screen nearly the whole time that game happened. I did probably get pulled more to Stewart's draft once that game got going, but that was after Fort was. I mean, it was in second half before that happened.
0: False, you were watching. I I like their defense.
1: They Rockbridge has weapons. That quarterback is really good down there, and for them to only score 15 points against Fort Defiance, they gave up some pass plays, but the defense reacted quickly and got it stopped. There wasn't just a slew of offense going against this defense. I like that for them. I I agree, though, that the offense, you wanted more answers that way last week. This week, you have to see them. If you don't see 20-some points this game, uh-oh at Fort Defiance. Uh, big uh-oh. Even if you hold Stanton down to under 20 points and it's a real good ball game, if you don't have more than 20 points this, this week, big uh-oh. Because this is a Stanton team that's coming off a defensive year that they were not special. And that was like the big thing we talked about Stanton's preview last week was their defense has to be better. Beating East Rock, keeping East Rock down in points uh, as they did uh, only to 15 points. That's a good sign for that defense improving against what we thought was going to be a decent East Rock team that's now 0-2. But I, I just see the, the formula here for Fort Defiance is you got to get your offense going this week. The next week's Riverheads, most teams don't figure things out against Riverheads. So you got to get it figured out this week so you have some confidence moving forward into the next week but then also after that because teams usually don't have a morale boost after they go to greenville or, or host a team from greenville
0: yeah uh for me the stanton win against east rock is great for them that uh, because yeah. you and i said during the high school football preview we looked at that schedule and i was like i don't know if there's a win on this schedule for Stanton. Uh-oh. so yeah they got one in week one and, uh, you know, I was talking with Chip on the radio about it. I said, these first two games of the year are crucial for Stanton. Because if you don't win either of those first two games, you're not winning a game. And so for them to go out, get a win at East Rock, it was not, frankly, I wasn't expecting it. So congratulations to Stanton. The defense did improve, at least for one week, holding Stanton to 15 points, scoring 17 of their own. And that was the that was the field goal as time expired to win the game. Uh, and great for them to get that. Because Miguel, that's huge.
1: Great kick. Great kick. Um, August and Miguel, great kick. I want to call them out. These guys that make kicks in high school uh, to win yeah, games, I'm yeah. calling these guys out. <laughs> huge,
0: huge win there. And then they come up against Ford. And this is another opportunity for them. We saw Ford's offense struggling week yeah. one. If Stanton's defense can hold Ford down and put up, and Stanton can put up some points, because Stanton's offense isn't going to, their offense is going to be not what we used to see from Stanton. I mean, it, they lost Will Dodd. They they're have young, some weapons really there, but events. it's really young and they're going to struggle at points. So, if their defense can do what they did against East Rock against Fort, keep Fort down, maybe pitch another shutout and hold Fort's offense off the scoreboard for a second straight week, yeah, Stanton wins this game and now they're 2 and 0. You know, you play Buffalo Gap. I, I don't like Stanton in that matchup right now, but I mean, hey, who knows what happens and I would say one win was more than we were giving him credit for last week in our high school or two weeks ago in our high school football preview when we did Stanton. So getting two is, you know, just icing on the cake. And I think with a young group like this, it allows these coaches and Coach Phillips to be talking to these kids and saying, this is what we wanted. And this this is buying into the program now and what the future looks like.
1: And not that any of these teams listen to us and use us as bulletin board material. I'm not trying to imply that. But anybody listening that kind of look like, well, why are you picking against Gap? Why are you picking against Stanton? Why do you not think Stanton's going to get any wins? I'm, let me be clear. I'm pumped that those guys, those teams got wins this week. I am pumped Stanton got that win. I That made me super – the Gap game got me most excited this weekend. Stanton the next most excited because it was just – not what i picked and i was worried about past that and this made me look at the rest of the season so differently so great for these i want all our teams to win as much as they can the problem is every week now from now on they all play each other but i'm so pumped that Stanton got that win and yeah they they could win this week what number do you give this game i i say race to 24 if you get to 24 points you're gonna win this game i think oh
0: <laughs> maybe 20 leland i i mean yeah maybe 20 yeah. I, I think two scores might win this game I, I i don't see this being a high scoring game i just i didn't love the offensive output from either team i guess i
1: got 30 in my head as the high score yeah. So, yeah yeah 20 let's call it 20 okay let's see first team to 20 let's see if they win
0: <laughs> waynesboro they're gonna play harrisonburg i don't believe harrisonburg played last week I didn't see a Harrisonburg score. I'm if they did,
1: not aware of them playing. I I think they might have had to pull out of a game. I'm not sure.
0: Sure. Um. Either way, but the, I
1: mean, this is a Waynesboro. Yeah.
0: Look out. Um. Waynesboro, just do your best. Um. This is going to be a tough game, and that's not. I'm not trying to disrespect Waynesboro or anything. Harrisonburg's a really good team, so you're playing a Class Five opponent that plays like a Class Five opponent. Uh, they're a legit yeah. Class Five yeah. team, and so it's going to be tough for Waynesboro in this game. I just what I would like to see out of Waynesboro is just, you know, find a way to get on the board. Last year you were shut out 43, nothing, find a way to get on the board, yeah. find a way to, you know, get some things going in the right direction for later games in the season.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I mean, you're, you're, this is one of those times where Waynesboro is going to look on the other sideline and see, you know, 50 guys before in the pregame ready to go. And, uh, Waynesboro doesn't have that, you know, they're not super deep, you know, they're coming yeah. off a season where they didn't have enough players. So, um, Harrisonburg going to be a bit rested and even during the game can probably maintain some, some fresh legs. I the interesting thing looking up to the Northern part is East rock now. zero and two, and now they're going to be playing a bunch of Valley district teams and not that, Oh, they're done. East rock should just lose to those teams. But I, if they've are zero and two now after losing to Broadway, who we, I didn't think was going to win that district. And then Stanton, who I didn't think was the class of the Shenandoah district, I mean, East Rock's going to have another loss, and that means they're done. Like, if you're four and two, and they already have two losses, you have to really hope that like your two losses are to really good teams, and you win the rest, and you beat other good teams. And like, it's it's going to be tough for them. I mean, Spotswood matchups—I uh, don't even know who all they play, but and they play Valley District teams, and it's it's going to be tough. Sled for East Rock, which just surprises me this year. So,
0: see, that's what makes me think maybe we do get two teams from the Shenandoah District because East Rock's done. They're done. You're 0 and 2 right now. You haven't played Harrisonburg or Spotswood or TA. Yep. You're done.
1: I, I would I would I would say so. TA won.
0: Yeah. Um it's,
1: it's gonna be a tough slide for East Rock. It's, I mean, their team, I think their only losing season was the first year they were in existence, and then they've had a winning season ever since, and they've made a bunch of playoffs and they've this gone is where to the state I kinda, semifinals. Like
0: yeah. it, this is going to be tough for them. It's, it's they might off. have a losing season and it's going to be tough because it's a six game yeah. season. So I can see folks in East Rock being like, well, this one doesn't count. I don't know. It's going to count for people that win a state championship. So, um, <laughs> <Certainly> for <well. laughs> moving on to high school volleyball, uh, we got a big matchup with Fort and Rockbridge coming up Leland and two of them. Yeah. With, uh, Tuesday and Thursday night. So by the time you're hearing this, They'll have played one probably, and then they'll, they'll have another <laughs> one going on So uh, later in the week. So exciting matchup there.
1: These are the two teams that came out of that region last year, and they, and they had some classic matchups during the regular season last year, and I think they had a, a one in the playoffs there. So it's just going to be fun to first week of the season be <laughs> who's ready to go, who's who's dominated in practice, who's been. Uh, sitting there ready to go, uh, whose hitters are ready, whose timing's down, who's setting right. So I, I love it. I love the early season matchup for these two teams who who are not in the same district anymore but do play in the same region. So I love that that's happening. Uh, the other out-of-district stuff, we got Gap and Allegheny, Stanton and Spotswood, Draft and Broadway uh, matchups. So those are, those are going to be – all of them are fun. But, I mean, you just can't look over that list and ignore Fort and Rockbridge, back-to-back nights, home and away. Love it.
0: I agree. I mean, that's the, definitely going to be the premier matchups of the week. Um, moving to college hoops now.
1: The, the best thing about that, too, is the NFHS cameras all worked during basketball seasons. They'll be ready to go for volleyball season.
0: Yeah, so that's good.
1: <laughs> I can watch them.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, they're not outdoors, which helps them. Uh, for college basketball.
1: <laughs> there will be snow on the lens.
0: Yeah, for college <laughs> basketball. When you're looking at Virginia Tech, we mentioned that they weren't ever going to play another game. Uh, as of Tuesday, they still hadn't played a game. Technically, a game was played, but they didn't participate in it because they lost sixty nine to fifty three in a game <laughs> where it looked like they had just had like student night, which was let's go into a classroom and pick twelve randos to go step on the floor. It was it looked like a team that hadn't played in two weeks, so
1: um, they were out of sync.
0: They got throttled by Georgia Tech. The good news is they responded by coming back and having their largest conference win in school history beating Wake Forest by almost 40 points and just what was an absolute laugher. It was an absolute laugher.
1: I put it on Coach Young. I know the players got to go out there and make the buckets, but Coach Young rebounded him. He didn't let them get, let them get their heads down. He got them in sync. Um, he, I'm sure he used that loss as much as he could, and it really paid off there. Now, you, you got to keep rolling. This Louisville game coming up this week on Wednesday night, 7 p.m. ESPN2, is massive. It is a massive game because... Mm-hmm. You want to be a f- top-four seed in the ACC. You want that double-buy or what, however they phrase that. you got to win this game against Louisville if you want that double-buy. If you lose it, then you're asking for help, and you're all probably on the outside looking in because you're tied in the loss column with all kinds of teams. Um, I think Syracuse is one of them. I, I know it was Syracuse and Carolina, but they just played tonight and lost, uh, tape it on a Monday night. But there's a bunch of teams that it's going to it's gonna be a mess. So you just got to win Wednesday to set yourself up to hopefully hold on to that four spot. Yeah. You're going to still have to win at NC state on the weekend, but it, it doesn't mean anything. If you, if you lose to Louisville, then, then you're, you don't know where you're going to wind up. So do yeah. what you got to do to get that double bye. beat Louisville. This is a team that Hokies have not had a lot of success in, mm-hmm. in history. I mean, going back to the Metro conference, I believe they've had some issues with mm-hmm. Louisville dating back to then. And especially here in the ACC. So it's time to get right. The ship We're due. the Hokies are due.
0: And they're on ESPN, two, which you should love.
1: Yes. Yes. No one's going to complain that they can't watch them. Love it.
0: It is exciting. UVA. It's not
1: Duke or NC State. or It's not Duke or UNC on ESPN or ESPN, two. It's two other teams. It's exciting.
0: It is exciting. Uh, UVA, they lost to NC State on Wednesday. They've now dropped three straight with Florida State, Duke, and NC they State. They had
1: lost three, right? They, they won tonight. So they beat oh, be well. Miami. I don't have that update on the sheet.
0: Okay, well, Miami's not a great win. They um, had
1: one, had lost three in a row. And for anybody that's like, oh, UVA's fine after that Duke loss. Uh, let, let me say this.
0: Let me say this. They're not fine. This is not a good basketball team. This team has no marquee wins that impress me. This is a. I think this is a very mediocre basketball team. I think this is a one-and-done-in-the-tournament basketball team. Uh, this is who I would love to see who they get matched up with because that's going to be a popular upset pick. For for smarts. UVA is not good UVA is not a good basketball team this year. Uh, Blind resume test. UVA fans love Virginia Tech's resume compared to their own. Because Virginia Tech actually has an actual tournament resume. UVA is ranked 21 on the name UVA. And that's it. If we're going based on their wins, UVA is not in the top 25. And we're talking about them as a bubble team. This is not a good basketball team.
1: And even though it's a it's a weird year where it's not a lot of the names we're used to, I still think you got to be kind of in that top ten to really think you are going to win this championship. Mm-hmm. UVA is not a top ten team, no matter which way you cut it. So, no,
0: UVA is. If UVA gets to the Sweet Sixteen, they should oh, they be the very happy. They should be very happy the, because this team the will
1: seeding favored them. If that's the case,
0: yeah, because uh, I am serious. Not a good basketball team there. Um, but I agree with you. I think I, I think in reality, Leland. To probably me, higher. it's still three it's teams. It's still three teams. It's Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan. And that's it. I, I just think those three teams have looked different than everybody else the whole season. That being said, Baylor took a, a beat down to Kansas, down to which Kansas. Yeah. of course they did. Um, of, course, <laughs> of course, they picked that game to lose. Um, but let's move on to the best team in the Commonwealth, and that's James Madison University. Nope.
1: I like them, but no.
0: Nope. Best team in the Commonwealth. They've got the best resume. I can't believe we're not a lock in the tournament yet. Uh, did you see... Best
1: resume. Bracketology. <laughs> <like a> impressive <laughs> wins. I mean,
0: come on. <laughs> We had an almost win against VCU. Um, did you see on Bracketology, <laughs> they moved JMU up to a 15? That That, oh. that is slam the door. Now, that was before the loss to Drexel. But if they are not a 16... Slam the door shut. That's a victory in itself. If you get into the tournament and you yeah, are not a 16 seed, doesn't matter what happens. Success.
1: Especially with the first four now, because like all those teams in that first four and the 16 seed, like, you know, that's just more conference champions from low conferences. So it's even harder now not to well, be, like, to be not a
0: 16 Well, it's not all, seed. the 16s aren't all play-ins. Just two of them. And then there's two like, 11 i think yeah, there was so an 11 there's two and a 12. additional
1: conference champions right. in those first four games oh and yeah so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah it's not all there's not four teams but it's two teams like, the, like the year still, we made it
0: yeah like the year we won the ca tournament as the fifth seed in the ca we you got and rightfully victory. we had to play our way in that's not no that doesn't count yes you have tournament victory that no i'm sorry that doesn't count <laughs> um the bad news for jmu is matt lewis is done for the year and that was known before yeah. someone commented that he was on crutches and in blue jeans I guess to just further dunk on the poor kid um, but JMU needs to find a way to win without Matt Lewis and it's plain and simple if you don't you're out because the NIT cannot take automatic bids so JMU is not guaranteed an NIT spot which means they won't get one and I so for postseason I think JMU's gotta win the CAA tournament and unfortunately, Play at home. it is at home. But Matt Lewis is a big loss. Um, I hope they find a way to win. The CAA is not stellar, uh, so hopefully, Jamie, you can find a way to win and and get into the tournament. Uh, I know I said if you get a fifteen, that's a success. If you get in the tournament, that's a success, given what last year was. Yeah. So, oh my goodness, or the last two or three years. But. um I, I've been really impressed. The fact that they won the CA regular season championship is impressive. And then we get to see uh, what, what recruiting looks like, which will be exciting.
1: Yeah, that'll be fun. Look at over at the Jamie football team. They got to two and zero, but it wasn't as smooth as you would have thought it would have been that Robert Morris game. We talked about it last week. We said, Hey, they beat more state 52, nothing. Here comes another one against Rob Morris. That game was tied at halftime.
0: 16-16 and then they scored 20 points in the second half like Wilson and their opponent scored none so it looks yeah they didn't cover um they did win
1: but but now they're number 1
0: yeah now we're number 1 cuz the only thing worse than looking bad in a win is not winning at all and North Dakota State actually got slapped they got crushed um so JMU gets the win I'll say this I also said this last week that Robert Morris game being on the schedule this year is, you know, whatever. You play whoever you can find on the schedule. But in other years, this is a perfect example of why you don't schedule that team. Because nothing good comes from that game. The only thing that comes from this game is Cole Johnson. A lot of question marks. Did not look good. Uh, both three games, three both picks, games, two I touchdowns. Not great. So, yeah. I, the good news is you play three of the four worst teams in the CAA. In your, in your little six-game home-and-home. So you're going to be fine. You're going to go undefeated and you'll maybe be the one seed. Uh, I have concerns come postseason play, though, if if that doesn't improve.
1: I agree. I, I agree. I, I think there's plenty of question marks that you want to you want to go ahead and sort out the first time through on these teams. You don't be questioning things the second time through. All right, let's get out of here. Let's get to coach Drew Bugden of Wilson Memorial. I was able to catch up with him this afternoon, so you won't hear Joe, Joe's voice, but uh, a good interview with him after their big win against Waynesboro, but also looking forward uh, to Riverheads and then also looking at the last year or so and, and stuff like that. So let's get to coach Bugden. All right, next on the Yak Sports Podcast, we are glad to be joined by Coach Bugden from the Wilson Memorial Green Hornets. So uh, you started off the season and uh, your head coaching career at Wilson with a win over Waynesboro, how does that feel? Uh, you know, feels
2: good, but we're back to work, man. Can't can't think too much about that. We had kind of a sloppy game. You know, our tape didn't look too good, and uh, we got a lot of stuff we got to fix if we want to compete this week.
1: You know, playing in the snow, and, and obviously it was hard to get a lot of solid prep going into that game uh, with all the weather and, and holdups. You know, you, you already mentioned how you were sloppy in the game. I mean, it was a direct effect? Uh, I mean that's that's part of it. Not
2: to give an excuse. I mean we the biggest thing, you know, in terms of being blind. I mean we lined up correctly, so I don't I don't really think being blind had The technique just wasn't good enough, and we talked about it as a group today in film, and and the kids accepted. That they're easy to challenge, man. They're they are they are excited. They want to do what we what we do and do it right. So, uh, but yeah, the biggest thing is just technique. It doesn't matter how you line up. You just got to have a good technique, man.
1: Well, obviously you did come <laughs> away with the win, so you you must have had some some good performances out there. Talk about you know some of your players or positions that performed well on on Friday night yeah
2: uh, I mean it, I mean that you know the technique wasn't great but we played really hard uh, I was super happy with that um uh quarterback Caden Welcher had a heck of a game uh he the kid was was head hunting as a quarterback he's trying to truck kids so we we told him uh you know hey we love the aggressiveness but man we got to make sure that we uh we do the, the you know, stuff right and then, uh Dejre Carter ran really hard in between the tackles at the tailback position uh all of our backs I think got touchdowns uh you know, and then Ryan Mundy, ninth grader, you know, got behind the defense right before a half. And, you know, uh, we, the, the coolest thing about the staff is that, you know, they're talking on the sideline, hey, we can get behind him, we can get behind them. And, uh, you know, the opportunity presented itself and we were able to get some points right before half. And, and the ninth grader went up and made a play. So I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that was a specific play I was going to uh, try to bring up. So that, yeah, that was really gave you the momentum going into the second half. But then, yep. still in the second half, you were able to control the football game uh, in a way that you didn't in the first half. Uh, was it the halftime adjustments, or just things started flowing right finally? Uh, I mean, they just woke up. I mean, we we did a lot of
2: really dumb stuff in the first half. <laughs> I mean, it like, it, I mean, it was you know, it was kind of like when you go to your first scrimmage, you're just like, man, what is that kid doing? And uh, you know, it wasn't as bad as honestly I thought it was going to be, but. Uh, but yeah, we, we definitely got a lot to clean up for this week, for sure.
1: So talking about this week, I mean, you're 1-0, but it, I mean, it doesn't get any easier. You got to go down to Riverheads. Uh, them also 1-0 riding a 27-game win streak. And I mean, you're... You've been around this area long enough you know what Riverheads is. I'm sure you're looking forward to the opportunity to play them, but uh, what are you looking at, uh, you know, facing Riverheads?
2: Yeah, we, we respect that staff, and those kids, man, they play hard. You watch their tape. You know, they they got a tough go against Tazewell. Those kids were huge. Yeah. Uh, but, man, they played hard, and they finished the game. That's what that's what good teams do, man, and that's what well-coached teams do. So uh, we're excited to play them. Uh, I think our kids, I mean, they want to put in the new techniques and the stuff that we've been doing, and we're going to see if it works out this week. But. Man, we respect them. We just, I just think they're an awesome staff. I just think they're they're a fun team to watch. Uh, I love that kind of football, that smashmouth football, man. It's just I think that's the way it should be played.
1: So awesome. So uh, you know that's that's good for football this season. I want to go back a couple months or close to a year, I guess, and, and talk about getting this job at Wilson Memorial and and the opportunity presenting itself. Talk about how that process process went down and the opportunity and and just the situation of being able to come to Wilson.
2: Well, uh, you know, I was talking to somebody about it today. Uh, it was definitely, uh, I did not plan this. You know, we, uh, you know, I stopped coaching uh, at draft and, you know, and then all of a sudden, I, uh, you know, got in contact with coach major and he said there was an opportunity um, and I was gonna come over and help with the defense. And then, you know, obviously with the pandemic and things, things shut down and I wasn't quite sure what was gonna happen, whether, you know, you know, whether school is even gonna be the same, we're gonna be able to play football again. You know, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, and then you know, Coach Major got that really good job at Waynesboro, uh, and it, it opened up the door. I, I actually didn't even think about applying for it at first, and uh, and then I thought more about it. and I was like, man, I, you know, the time that I put in with these kids for those couple months, I think they're great kids, and I think we can win. Uh, and so I, you know, put my name in for it, and was blessed to be considered and and to be offered the job. Uh, and man, it's been it's been fun. I, I when we have snow days, and we've had a lot, you know, here the past couple <laughs> weeks, I miss it, man. I, just, I miss being with the kids. They're, they're great kids. They're eager to learn.
1: They're coachable. Uh, I can't say enough good things about them, man. So to wrap up the interview, we always ask a kind of a you know a, a more informal question at the end, and it's, it's not football related. So heads up on that. Uh, you know when you're not coaching football, when your your head's not in game film or preparing for the season, and, and maybe even if you have to rewind to before the season started, uh, what is you know one TV show or movie that uh, you've either binged or you really liked and you recommend to our viewers?
2: Oh man. Uh, so I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old at home. So for, so there's no movie watching for us besides like the wiggles and stuff like that. So we've been kind of uh stuck into uh kids shows mostly. Uh so I, I actually I can't you. even answer that question, man. But uh, but I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't change it for the world. I love hanging out with my girls. I'll watch whatever they want to watch.
1: I recommend Bluey. That's my recommendation to you. That's Bluey the, uh, the Australian
2: dogs, right? yeah, yeah, that's yeah, my favorite. Yeah, we've uh, the
1: seen the that dad one. on that show is yeah, so cool. Yeah, we've seen that one. <laughs> well, good luck uh Friday. I'm sure we'll talk to you down the road. Congratulations on this position. And, and the wind last Friday, and yeah. good luck this Friday. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for
2: covering local sports, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, hey, you need anything else, just give me a
0: All right, and again, thanks to Coach Drew Bugden for talking to Leland yeah. and uh, allowing us to grab an interview with him ahead of his big game against <laughs> Riverheads.
1: I caught him between walkthrough and then like real practice. It was like right in the middle of practice. So I really appreciate him taking a few minutes for me. Uh, that was awesome.
0: Well, since Leland always goes first when he is, uh, driving the D block, (laughs) I'll go first. Uh, what is dominating my life is it's birthday month. The month of March brings on the tournament. It is sometimes at the very last days of March, the opening of major league baseball, not this year, but that's okay. Um, and it's birthday month. So that's awesome. Um looking forward to that and uh, celebrating the whole month long. And hopefully uh, Virginia Tech and JMU are in the tournament. That would be exciting. What a great way to celebrate birthday month.
1: Super exciting. I, I, the last two years, I think you've been over at my house on your birthday. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss that this year.
0: Uh, not the last two years, but the two years before last year.
1: Oh yeah, well, okay. Excuse me. The last two times there was a tournament and you came to watch it at my house. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I won't do that this so, year. But uh, yeah. that's only so, because I hate you. So.
1: Yeah, it's clear. <laughs> it's, it's personal It Has nothing to do you with don't need the to pandemic. It. Yeah. <laughs> I, just don't want you, I don't want you influencing my children.
0: Well, that's unfortunate, but yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, someone but, has to tell you know, them who the good guys in Star Wars are. <laughs>
1: I think indirectly, though, you have influenced my children, because one thing that's dominated <laughs> my life here in the last little bit is my middle kid. She found The Muppet Show on Disney. Yes. And she loves it. Yes. And she's just going around the house going, mana, mana, doo, 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 doo. and it's it's so funny. And I have not. I mean, the Star Wars, I completely was like, we're going to watch Star Wars someday. We're going to watch Star Wars someday. Here's Star Wars. Muppets, I haven't even touched. I was like, it'll happen or it won't. It's fine. You know, there's not a whole lot of new content um,
0: that I've seen
1: from them that I want to put in front of them. Um, I don't know. I mean, I watched it when I was a kid. I wasn't obsessed like you might be, Uh, but, you know, like I it it was good. You know, it's entertaining. She loves it. And and so I was watching it with her and I I really liked it. But um, I just wanted to give you that little bit of joy in your life.
0: Wow. I mean, that is
1: your new favorite.
0: I know. I was going to say. Arlo had been number one because he loved the Orioles, or he at least loved my hat with the Oriole bird on it. love that orange
1: bird, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but Finley liking the Muppets. Yeah, what He's a great play for place. the top spot. Yeah. Great job, Finley. Good <laughs> taste in the Muppets. Make your dad show you Muppet Christmas Carol at Christmas time because that is the best we version. We
1: watch Christmas movies in December, so it's going to be a little bit.
0: Yeah, but when Christmas <laughs> comes, make sure your dad... As you watch Muppet Christmas Carol, it's the best <laughs> version of A Christmas Carol. They do it better than Charles
1: Dickens. Charles Dickens who, right? Yeah. All right. But what has also dominated my life for an hour and 15 minutes uh, one day last week, I don't know when I watched this, but it was the Britney Spears documentary on Hulu, which you're like, okay, Leland, what What now? It's called <laughs> Framing Britney Spears. This is not just something that's like okay this is about britney spears life you know let's talk about her it does that but man it is a window into how terrible our society is has been and can be and i think there's a lot of things that get exposed in that documentary that just is a highlight of what's wrong with our popular culture and maybe just culture in general it's it's how the double standard against Britney Spears when she was becoming famous, the guys versus, and, and then how they, treated, how they treated the guys and how they treated her is just unbelievably disrespectful to, to women in general, much less her. And then the media basically just trying to tear her down um, while she's having issues that are real issues that she should have just been left alone with. It's just crazy. So I actually really recommend this because for anybody our age who like knows what Britney Spears was and the and the fame that she had and the music that she had, um, it's just interesting to kind of watch it back now and hear these interview questions from respected people. I mean, today's Show, Good Morning America, people. Like, I'm not saying this is all TMZ uh, pushing it and and paparazzi. While well, there is plenty of that, it's like. You know, she goes on. I think The View, and they're asking about um, her experiences and her relationships. And I'll just leave it at that uh, level for the family listening. Mm-hmm. I I just think so unbelievably disrespectful. And then um, just diving so deep into her relationship with Justin Timberlake and stuff, enough so that Justin Timberlake apologized to her on social media, uh, and I hope somewhat personally as well, but also put out like a public thing in the last little bit since this has been out. Um, it's just crazy, and and I think you kind of get sucked into the name Britney Spears there, and honestly, that's probably why a lot of people have watched this, and why people have talked about it, because of the fame of Britney Spears. I'm, I was never some huge Britney Spears fan or anything, you know, even as a young, adolescent, you know, guys, you know, guys that like girls, and, you know, start looking at the Christina Aguilera's and the Britney Spears, like, Britney Spears was never, like, my girl, like, that was never, like, the one that I thought was who I liked the most, but I feel so sorry for in life and uh, the problem she's going with in her current legal stuff with her dad and the shadiness is just crazy. So um, I think it's worth watching. Honestly, I don't think it's trash. I'm not going to say you feel good the whole time watching it because even the fact of this existing probably highlights continued problem with society and how we treat these pop stars and uh, don't give them privacy. Don't just leave them alone. But Overall, though, I, I think it's done pretty respectfully and uh, I think highlights some problems. So that's that's my recommendation on that, even though it's not necessarily a super fun one. So are you going to watch it?
0: I probably won't. Um...
1: <laughs> we just, I think it was like one of those moments where we needed something that we thought wouldn't be inappropriate from the kids. It tests that.
0: Oh, no, like I could have told you it's going to be inappropriate. Yeah, I could have told you it's going to be inappropriate. Um, or at least parts of it.
1: Well, we weren't like sitting down with the family, but like the kids coming through the room, and I there was like pause it like twice. It wasn't terrible. It was just there was sections.
0: Um, I've heard I've heard you talk about it. I've heard other podcasts that I listen to that are sports, and then sometimes go into pop culture stuff from time to time. Talk about it. Um, so I've got a gist of it, and I just uh, yes, how the media and we the people in general treated her during that time was not great
1: all the time and i guess from the moment anybody mentioned oh her yeah, name on, sure. treated her terribly
0: and i guess i'm just not here for the people now that are looking back and saying oh my gosh how could they have done that people are age and i'm like yeah a lot of you were the same ones eating this stuff up when it was happening yeah. so and I'm not oh, saying people learn can't. I'm not saying people can't learn their lesson, but they're doing it now. Still, like it's just they're not named Britney Spears. They have different names now, and they're still doing it. And so, are we going to have a Kanye West documentary in twenty, thirty years about how badly we chastised Kanye West? Are we going to have a documentary about how badly we treated some other celebrity twenty, thirty years from now? Uh, to me, this is grandstanding a little bit on just okay the social media police and and that kind of stuff and so i i just don't have time I mean, the for reason that this part
1: exists of it. now the reason this is, exists now is a current issue she's having it's not just pulling it back out of the history
0: yeah and, i know there's a whole and, legal like, battle and, in terms of who runs her estate yeah. and that's going that's what the documentary is focused C- controls
1: on controls are life not even a yeah, state, yeah yeah controls are daily actions which is ridiculous
0: um but i i just the way it's been swept up on social media and turned into this crusade of we need mm. to go get the people who did this to her and i'm like uh do you have a mirror because sometimes for <laughs> some of these people i'm like you're looking at someone who helped contribute to that we as a I society we somebody, do that. We still do. We're still looking for pictures of celebrities and oh my gosh, can you believe they did that? Oh my gosh, can you believe that picture of him or can you believe that picture of her? I'm like uh and then it's the same people that will be on here being like, "Oh, this is so sad. We shouldn't do this to people." And I'm like, "Okay, in a week you'll be back to this." So
1: I I will not to be defensive. I I think I've grown out of that. So like I think it might this one might hit me just different knowing no, one that I but don't. I
0: think some of that's I also because we're older and we don't know. That. We're also older and we care. don't know the celebrities now, the pop culture celebrities. Give
1: a crap now. about Kanye or Jim, yeah. Uh, Kardashian, Kardashian, or Kardashian.
0: Like, Yeah, you know what? I'm and that's that's O-Tay. part of it, right? <laughs> a lot of the people that watch <laughs> the Kardashians watch yeah. this and were so outraged that's at a, how we treated Britney Spears. And I'm like, point. oh my gosh, the irony that is not that yeah. you are not grasping here. Is just
1: and they dive in Taylor uh Swift. Taylor, Swift. Into Taylor Swift yeah we got to know We're everything stuff, yeah. about
0: Taylor Swift and who she's counter suing and how her relationships are going and oh my gosh how is this I can't believe this this is so cray I, I don't have time for that I don't have that <laughs> I don't have time for that part of society that just wants to feel good watch something shame other people and feel good about themselves I don't have time for that
1: All right, what I know that you need to know: couple signings or or a couple NFL news of the uh, coming out of the weekend. JJ Watt, I think, out of nowhere, signed with Arizona. What do you think of that?
0: Yeah, I was surprised when it was Arizona.
1: Yeah, no one was talking about Arizona. They're talking about (laughs) Green Bay, (laughs) Cleveland, Indianapolis. You know what? That's what made me believe.
0: That's what made me believe because one of the things I hate with the offseason stuff is I just feel like nine times out of ten. I can have a pretty good idea where the guy's going to sign before he signs. That was yeah. amazing. All the speculation yeah. and rumor mill was all wrong. That's what I loved about it. It was like,
1: great. Yeah. Awesome. They had some like KJ Watt and it said it had narrowed it down to like Cleveland <laughs> and green Bay and somebody else. And it's like, I mean, his name's JJ Watt and, and like it was a from his Peloton account. And then JJ Watt's like, I don't even have a bike. Like what do you, I don't have a Peloton. What are we, what are we talking about? And then, I mean, I don't, yeah, I liked, I did like his kind of his slapback with source me. And it's like him in an Arizona Cardinals shirt. So like, I don't know. I like JJ. Watt. I don't have a problem with JJ wide. I, mm-hmm. I, I think he's a good football player. He's got to stay healthy. If Arizona wants the full use of him, he's got to stay healthy here for two years. And uh, if they're going to win that division, they definitely need him healthy because that's a tough division that they were competitive in last year, but you know, they're, they're trying to compete. So it'll, It'll be interesting with him out there, and I was surprised he went. Uh, I,
0: I will say. What? My biggest problem with J.J. Watt, he does a lot of nice things. For his community. But he also knows where the camera is at all times, and I guess yeah. part of me is like, it would be nice if I felt like you were doing this when the camera's not around, and I just don't get that. Um. But that's not not has nothing to do with his football play. In terms of his football play. Yeah, in terms of his football play, I he's gotta be better. Part of that's health.
1: He's gotta be on the field. That's been his problem. He's hasn't been on
0: the field. But he's gotta be better when he is on the
1: field. Really? That's his problem.
0: Again, I was excited that he signed with Arizona because when I'm watching people break down every single social media post and be like, oh well this means this and this means this. He's going to the Bears. Or this means this, this means this. He's going to the Steelers. Oh yeah, the Bears. This means this. This means this. He's going to the Browns. I mean, I was like
1: oh We were never God. paying him at the Steelers. Uh,
0: when he's so when he signs with Arizona, I was like, I love it. Awesome. Good for him. Um The other Yeah, go
1: ahead. Go ahead. No, I was done the with the other J. note that I had this weekend, or coming out of the weekend, is apparently the Washington football team and Alex Smith are uh, parting way. They're they're choosing to part ways with him, I guess, um, and not bring him back in. I I it's a business guys. Like I know a lot of Washington fans that like Alex Smith, they saw him get injured on their field. They saw him fight through and come back on their field. And he won games this year uh, after this terrible injury, one comeback player of the year, because they should name it after him, after what he's been through. Um, No disrespect. If it is named after somebody else already, I don't, I don't mean it that way, but I, 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 I personally, would probably just like him to go be on TV. Yeah. Like someone from TV is going to put him on there. I don't want to see blood coming out of his sock again um, and not catch up. And this isn't a Kurt Schilling situation. This is where he has no leg in that area. And there's blood coming from the spot where his leg ended kind of, I, it's just terrible. And, and um, if that's not what he wants to do, then go try. But I mean, he can be a backup somewhere. I, I get that. I get that Washington probably just needs the clean break, um, which is a terrible word to use there. Uh, They just need them to move on from that pressure to leave him on there and try to get better. I I, I just – I would like to see him on TV. I think he's a nice guy and I want to see him live the best life he can the rest of the way. And like I was saying with J.J. Watt, he's going to retire before he can't walk anymore and he's going to go be on TV and all this time where he knows where the camera is going to be is going to benefit him in whatever spot he does right after he plays. I think Alex Smith has an opportunity to go be on TV here and make good money um, and with on the heels of what he's been through and I, I wonder if physically it's the best decision for him as well.
0: Yeah, you kind of do get the sense that it's kind of like, uh, I think it was Eric Decker before him that had all those concussions and was bouncing around the league looking for teams to sign him. And you just kind of had that feeling of like someone, the league as a whole, just needs to step in and say, hey, it's time to retire. Like, don't, yeah. it's not worth it. Um, and you kind of feel the same way with Alex Smith. Like, 32 teams just need to sit and get together and have a sit down with them and kind of an intervention and say, look, it's not worth it. Like, None of us want you. Yeah, it's... Um, I saw somebody put on Twitter today that I agreed with. He he couldn't play on a simple pulled hamstring because he only has half a hamstring to begin with. So when something like that, it's it's just kind of, you know, father time telling you, time to hang it up, buddy. And uh, I think you're right. I yeah. think he could get in the booth somewhere if he wanted. In. Yeah, so.
1: He can cash in on this. Like, this, yep. he's at the the peak. And I'm not saying in three years or two, two years, probably you you couldn't after being a backup somewhere, go be on some TV, but you're going to make more money now if you go now. So Mm -hmm. optimize, man. Yeah.
0: What I know that you need to know, uh, the Orioles, I noticed while I was, you know, we don't endorse gambling on the podcast for every it's definitely not for everyone. Um, I noticed the over under for the Orioles this year was sixty four and a half. And I was really conflicted were they up two years by ago,
1: that. Like
0: yeah. See, I was really conflicted. Fifty something, I can be talked into. This. It's a good if number, I man. were to Make bet, sure if I were to bet, it would probably be the under. But I don't want to ever be in a spot where I'm rooting for us to lose. So I'm just not going to touch it.
1: Oh my goodness! You do you, you pick against your teams all the time. Oh we're definitely going to lose this game. We're never going to win this game. Lamar Jackson's It's there. a little different. Oh, they won. I was a little wrong. Yeah, yeah. we won <laughs> the
0: game. Not with money I don't pick against my teams, but um yeah, so I'm just not touching <laughs> That's this. Why I don't I, gamble
1: cuz I don't pick against my teams either. <laughs>
0: um it's tough. I I just I want the Os to be great and the Os aren't doing any spring training this year, which I know caused a total hellstorm on social media. Because, Wait, yeah, no spring training games are on TV on Masson. Um,
1: on TV, okay. I was gonna say I watched them. I watched highlights of them against the Pirates, so I was I wasn't sure what you were saying. Right,
0: yeah, no, those were highlights. They were not a TV broadcast. Yeah. Um, so which then brought up the point from the Orioles
1: side. I guess the mm-hmm. Pittsburgh side had it. Yeah,
0: no, the Pittsburgh side only had radio. They did not have a TV broadcast of that game either. Oh,
1: wow.
0: um, but
1: how? How does this happen? I am not aware of. this. Okay, like, I'm so up, as you're saying it, and I'm accepting what you're saying, but like, how does Major League Baseball allow that? Like, you got to be you're you're on TV.
0: I am not surprised by the decision that the Orioles are not having any spring training games because when you eliminate your pre and post game show for the regular season on and TV. you lay off half of your staff, you lay off half of your staff at Masson on air. Um, it's not surprising to me that you're going to look at spring training and be like, is it worth putting the seven games on? Nah, probably not. So I'm not shocked by that. A lot of Orioles Twitter this weekend was outraged. Um, and I will say this, it was. It would have been nice to be able to watch the game and see Trey Mancini's first at bat coming back was cool. from colon cancer. And it was cool to see the videos of it that surfaced online. From Orioles cams and fan cams. But the Orioles having cameras there of that play, and then there was also a home run hit by uh, Yusnil Diaz, one of the prospects the Orioles got in the Manny trade. So the Orioles won the Manny trade um, with the Dodgers. Fans brought up the point, why are all these cameras positioned around the stadium and you have multiple camera angles, and yet you are not putting the game on air? that's one that I tend to agree with. I was kind of under the impression that, Hey, we're probably just not going to have cameras up, but I guess for scouting purposes, they do. And I just don't understand why you couldn't also double that as the TV broadcast cam for the game. I don't know. Um, the Orioles.
1: Is there a radio?
0: Yeah, they're doing, I, yeah, it's an abbreviated radio schedule. Just show
1: the game and have the radio feed.
0: I don't know. I just,
1: is not that what Toronto's like doing like in regular season this year.
0: I don't know. I just there's so much that makes me mad with the Orioles ownership that this is. I guess I'm just I'm I'm not a person who watches a ton of spring training anyway, so it didn't like break me. It didn't make me scream.
1: And and <laughs> this wasn't this final straw? Yeah, Deck. yeah. Good. So
0: to me, I was like, <laughs> eh. I've I've been more upset with the fact that. <laughs> players were paying $200,000 in arbitration. We went to and said, Hey, can we defer your salary? That to me is more infuriating because I'm like, if we can afford $200,000 players, we really can't afford to own a baseball team, Angelo's family. So, uh, and of course, then there's the whole, if they sell it, who do they sell it to? Does this team stay in Baltimore? Oh my God. I can't imagine. I don't even want to think
1: about that. All right. I have a quick, I want to make this as brief as possible so uh, we can get out of here. But the uh, Sunbelt schedule came out today. So I just want to know which one of these victories by a Sunbelt team is supposed to indicate to me that they are, you know, playoff worthy. Is it Appy State beating Miami? Is it Alabama State beating Washington? Is it Coastal beating Kansas? Is it Georgia Southern beating Arkansas? Is it Georgia State beating UNC? Whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. whoa. What are we talking?
1: Maybe it's Louisiana beating
0: Texas. What are we talking about here?
1: Have we hit one yet?
0: You're going to have to is go back. I games, didn't I didn't I it took me a second to realize what we were talking about.
1: College football. Yeah. S- the Sun Belt schedule came out. Okay. And I wanted to look at their non-conference games cuz mm-hmm. you know that's what, you know, we start to measure how these teams stack up that way. I wonder which one of these non-conference matchups is going to indicate to you that these teams are you know, playoff for the, is it Appy state beating Miami? Yes. Is it, if that, if that's criteria for you, then I'd, I'm, that's I'm a team that might win the coastal.
0: That's, that's a, my team, that's a team that might win the coastal.
1: So Appy beats Miami and then Miami does only God knows what after that. Cause I mean, we, we battle this every year. Oh, they got this win against this team. Well, then that team didn't do much else. He just thought that team was better than that. Like, there's all these matchups that just
0: if Miami know, wins man. the Coastal,
1: for if Miami
0: wins the Coastal and App State and like, oh, yeah, beat Coastal
1: them, Carolina does deserves to be in the playoffs. I want to know now. Oh, it's when they beat Kansas. That would that's what proves to me that can that Coastal deserves to be in the playoffs. It's that win against Kansas. Okay, I just want to I want to know that now.
0: Okay, like, well then I'll just preface it by saying, Liberty, what about
1: undefeated and have beat Liberty? Does that mean they're in the playoffs?
0: Hold on. I'm just uh, where you're losing me here is where you're losing me here is the whole like oh well if they beat Miami then Miami's not any good. What if Miami wins the Coastal? That's winning a Power Five division. But no,
1: you're gonna say this on September 12th, the day after they beat Miami, and then Miami can do Lord knows anything after that. You're just deciding. Oh, well, they beat Miami. They must be good. And so then Miami can lose the next two weeks and you're still going to be like, well, they have that win against Miami. like people do people do maybe not Joe as much, but people do like last year. I battled this with like all this strange stuff that we're saying, like all these teams are that great. And in the end, when I watch, you know, Alabama, whoop, but I, I just don't need to know what Louisiana did against
0: if that's the barometer oh, we're I, using, Leland, then let's not play college football because Alabama is going to whoop butt against whoever it is. So let's just not play college football. If you don't want to see – if if that's your answer, don't like, we don't even need to have a national that, championship. Like, At the end of the regular season, teams, we'll just pat Alabama on the back and be like, okay, you're number one, great,
1: done. These mid-majors beat these teams that aren't that great, and somehow like, just because they're from a conference from a team that's great, it means that they're that much more. Like as Georgia Southern beats Arkansas – oh, that's an SEC team, so the Georgia, Georgia Southern must be really good. Well, then they're going to end up getting beat by someone in late in the season, and it's all going to be for naught. I mean, what happened bowl weekend with all your hope and prayers with all these lower teams? It, it didn't work out. Well, I just I want to know now what win in the Sun Belt non-conference season is going to tell me which team you know is is God's gift to football and that we should all – you know, already have in the playoffs Well, Do you want to look at Virginia
0: Tech's non-conference schedule? Which, out. which of these non-conference games, the
1: Tech needs to fire their head coach. which
0: of these non-conference games should we be saying they deserve to be in the playoffs? Middle Tennessee, middle Tennessee. No West Virginia. No. Okay. Richmond. No,
1: we suck, man. I don't know what you're saying. I okay. don't even, I mean, okay. Virginia Tech's not going to be in the playoff. I, I, you I'm just saying, if we go, go through
0: non-conference, if we're basing it on non-conference schedule, and my problem is we have these, we don't well, let the them thing, play. That's
1: the only thing you can do with the Sun Belt schedule because their schedule against their conference isn't good enough because it's not. Well, according mean, you to you, Detroit, because
0: because we have the Power Five is better than everybody else. So yes, when they play a Power Five team and beat them, yes, I give them credit for it.
1: I just, I'm not going to put as much weight on it as all these other people on TV do, and as moments you do.
0: Then let them play. Have an actual them, playoff, and we can settle this. That's that my point that we always come to back to, and you ignore. This is not an actual playoff. It's a fake playoff for a fake champion. Who provides I'd rather the see college football year. die. I'd rather team see team college football, football die than to keep pretending that blocking everybody, blocking 60 to 70% of the teams out before week one's ever played from participating I'd, in a postseason is fair. I'd rather see it
1: die. Was interesting was Hugh Freeze talking about if they played in a power five conference uh, regular season, like a a power conference schedule, that they wouldn't have been undefeated last year. I think that's interesting. When the coach of one of those teams that was undefeated says that, I find that interesting.
0: Yeah, but if he played in a power five conference, he wouldn't have to go undefeated.
1: He acknowledged, the head coach at Liberty acknowledged that their team couldn't withstand the week to week that these other but if he, do, he played in a power five like conference
0: three, and he had one loss in the, in the but if he played in a power five conference and had one loss he wouldn't have to is the point that's what makes it not fair one
1: loss in a power five conference
0: if it was the acc maybe it would have been clemson
1: freeze.
0: probably would have been clemson and that would have been it who in the acc was a terror
1: that's a power five conference games. and their coach said if we had to play in a power five uh conference schedule we wouldn't be, I, okay that it's not the same so playing this playing the sunbelt schedule or whatever liberty i guess they were independent weren't they like it i so now i'm going to non-conference that's the reason i use the non-conference because that's their opportunity to shine and them beating coastal carolina beating kansas next year is not going to wake me up because i don't think nothing of kansas and you do, too, because when we get a transfer from there, you write him off before he steps on the field. If you mercy of Louisiana Monroe beats LSU, I'll, I'll wake up.
0: <laughs> if Southern Miss beats Alabama and runs the table, do you put Southern Miss in the playoff? I'm just asking questions.
1: Southern Miss beats Alabama and, and runs the table. If Alabama goes undefeated the rest of the way, yeah. If Alabama...
0: Because let me tell you who's going to make the playoff if that happens. It'll be Alabama. It won't be Southern Miss. And you know why? Because Southern Miss doesn't play in a Power 5 conference. End of story. So let's stop pretending. Let's stop pretending. Leland, be quiet for a second and let me finish my point. Let's stop pretending they They would absolutely not. You are joking yourself. Let's stop pretending like they would ever let one of these teams in. Let's stop pretending they would ever let one of these teams in. That's the part... You are joking with yourself and kidding yourself when you all say stuff like with that. you
1: the win over Alabama, the defending national champion and the favorite going in, and that team keeps on winning. So we're predicting all the way to next January. They're in. Your one loss is to Alabama, who whose only loss is to you. They're in. Maybe Alabama's in the playoff too, but Southern Miss would be in.
0: No, they wouldn't. How they do would, you not put them in? Because they're Southern Miss, and they would say, well, they only played one team.
1: And they but it's Alabama like it's not an undefeated or, or one loss Virginia Tech. It's not a, like a one loss Virginia Tech like middle Tennessee goes undefeated and beats Virginia Tech. That's why they keep them out because your only wins against Virginia Tech. And that's kind of my point to start this conversation. But if you beat Alabama, who goes the rest of the way undefeated and the name helps them. Yeah, they're going to be in Southern Miss would be in if they beat Alabama and everyone else in their schedule and Alabama beats everyone else on their schedule other than Southern Miss. Both of them are in the playoff. No. It won't ever happen to, to make either one of us right. But. <laughs>
0: Southern Miss would never be allowed in the playoff. Let me let me tell you the scenario where a G five team gets in the playoff as it's currently set up. Uh, it doesn't happen. The world ends.
1: Since he has somebody good, Cincinnati, I think it has somebody decent on their schedule this year. Who's that? Look it up. If Tulsa, quicker, if Tulsa
0: up. upsets Ohio State and runs the table, and Ohio runs State the wins the Big Ten. Ohio state makes the playoff and Tulsa doesn't end of story.
1: I, I guess I disagree. I hope it happens. i would be cool. We'll find out.
0: Oh, it, I hope it happens happen, we'll too, because out. then,
1: but those teams, then you'll
0: have that. to, then They've you, it started. will be even more obvious than it was last year. There is a 0% chance. These G five teams have end, then the Notre Dame. End. If Cincinnati beats Notre Dame, is that goes the team you're looking at?
1: I think I could do it since they were since they were sitting in such good standing last year. They played on a New Year's Six game, and go under if they win at Notre win Dame. Win over Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame's pretty good. Like Notre Dame has a good season. Notre Dame can't be four and seven or something. Notre Dame's going to have to be, uh, well, they're not in the ACC. I was going to say contend for the ACC, but they're back out. I if Notre Dame's good, but Cincinnati beats them, I maybe it takes Notre Dame being only one loss maybe that's the only way but I think they would get in if you beat one of these blue bloods and they only have their only losses to you and you're undefeated I think you get in especially Cincinnati and the American who like I agree with the argument that the American is as good of a conference as the power five like that's the that's the next best conference and I like I think for enough years here like four out of the last five years you could put them up in there you, you can't really argue it I don't think they're the sixth best conference you know I think they're the Fourth, maybe fourth or fifth at least. I, yeah, I, I still think, I think, I think that one of those American teams is going to be the one to do it. I, I don't think it's a Sun Belt team.
0: If but. you ever see a G5 team in the college football playoff, Leland, pinch yourself because you're sleeping. They will never if put Cincinnati that in. Beats Notre there is a, Notre a Z- year, it doesn't Cincinnati matter. Cincinnati could smoke Notre Dame and Notre Dame could win the Rooting rest of it. their games and they won't put Cincinnati in the playoff. You know why? Because they'll sit there and go, well, it's the American. It's not a Power Five conference. Win the SEC, Cincinnati. Hey, Cincinnati, win the Big Ten. That's what it'll be. I mean,
1: Notre Dame ended up getting rocked in the playoff, but because Clemson lost to Notre Dame but then beat them in the ACC, then they put them both in. So I think a win over Notre Dame is going to mean something if Cincinnati can do it.
0: Yeah, but you know why that happened, Leland? Because their name's Notre Dame.
1: And I think if you beat Notre Dame and you go undefeated and Notre Dame's worth a crap. Then
0: happens. Notre Dame will get in ahead of Cincinnati because their name's Notre Dame. That'll be how it works. This isn't I fair. Think I the the I only person who thinks from. fair is in this equation is you. There is a 0% happen. chance. Let me say it for the, the people in the back. In the past, there is a 0% men. chance. They will never, ever, under any circumstances, put a G5 team in the playoff. A G5 team could beat every Power 5 conference champion on their non-conference schedule and run the table, and they still wouldn't put them in because they're not in the Power 5. It will never happen. You have a better chance of getting struck by lightning in a desert, in a drought, in a tornado, than you...
1: Lightning happens in a desert
0: in a drought, in a tornado. You're in a desert. After you've been swallowed up by a tsunami (laughs) than you do of a G5 team making the playoff. (laughs) You have a better chance of waking up tomorrow as a Chevy Silverado truck. You are a (laughs) Chevy Silverado truck than than there is of a G5 team ever being allowed to play in the college football playoff as it stands now.
1: Described a desert. It's dry and there's
0: (laughs) a desert in a drought. Yeah, but then you don't have lightning in a drought. You're not going to be struck (laughs) by lightning.
1: Drought's got to end in a moment. Lightning comes. Lightning comes first. It's the front of the storm. Oh,
0: Leland, you have a better chance of waking up tomorrow covered in spiders than you do of ever seeing a G5 team in a four team college football playoff as it stands right
1: you're, now. I understand. You have a better
0: chance of waking up tomorrow as a spider.
1: If there is one loss between Cincinnati and Notre Dame next year, and Cincinnati has the win in that matchup, Cincinnati's going to be in that We match.
0: have a greater chance of Stanton being declared the nation's capital tomorrow morning than we do of a G5 team being declared – eligible for the college football playoff if
1: if you're throwing in the chances of these teams actually performing what needs to happen to do it i I kind of agree with you because it seems like these teams do find losses and they don't pan out and we talk about it for two months cincinnati went
0: undefeated last year
1: until the play in the the bowl game and and they, they lost
0: okay well good thing that the bowl game wasn't before the college football playoff was selected
1: but who, who was their non-district massive victory that just decided... They played they who they, they could there. play. They played who they played on okay. their schedule. I'm not denying... I'm not Ohio denying State played six fact- games. This is... Well, okay. Okay. Yes, that's accurate. That's an accurate statement. Last year was weird. If I they didn't let him in last year, in
0: the Leland, they're never going to let him in. It's never going to happen.
1: Part of the equation is having that right matchup. You've got to have that team that is... A probably a high ranking name you started with Bama um but you know I got to actual games that are happening and Cincinnati beating Southern Miss
0: uh, is playing Alabama is that's an actual thing Southern
1: miss beating Alabama so I'm, I'm I'm gonna go with the most likely thing and you're saying it will never happen and I'm giving you like the best scenario and you're and still, still saying And I'm telling you won't they I won't
0: let them in I'm telling you Cincinnati could win that game by clear. 40 points and Notre Dame clear. could win Part the rest of, my of their thing games thing is,
1: Part of my thing is the matchup that has to happen. You have to have the win over the right team. You can't just have the team over a win from a team from a certain conference and then who that team beat and then who that team beat. And then there's the transitive, you know, property by eight degrees that makes you. No, I'm saying you directly got to have a win over a big boy who is also very few losses, like only the one to you. And it could happen. And you disagree. And we've made it clear.
0: Yes, because they'll never let them in. Cincinnati could win that game by 40 points and we'd have a better chance and they could run the table and Notre Dame could win the rest of their games and Cincinnati has less of a chance than us waking up tomorrow to President John Leonard. Less of a chance.
1: (laughs) That's 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 like. Z-Anon. That's not even Q-Anon anymore. John, President John Leonard, it's, that's Z-Anon. I'm telling you, level. President
0: John Leonard tomorrow morning <laughs> is more likely than Cincinnati being allowed in the college football playoff if they shellack Notre Dame, run the table, win the American Conference, and Notre Dame doesn't lose another game all year. They'll be like, yeah, Notre Dame's only loss was to Cincinnati. That was a good loss, so we'll put Notre Dame in the playoff.
1: <laughs> I disagree. All right. I don't know how much of that we're going to keep in, but let's get that. out of here. Leland, <laughs> uh, I'm closing it out at Yak Sports Pod, at Yak Sports Pod, our name. I'm repeating it twice to make sure everybody knows what it is on Twitter or Facebook. You can email us, yaksportspod at gmail.com. Subscribe on Podbean, Apple, Google, Spotify. What you heard today, most of the show, especially the, the front half, we talk about high school local sports. We do this every week. So make sure you're subscribed and listen and you tell your friends. And, uh, we talk about the sports that matters to you, the Augusta County sports fan, and we'll be back next week to do just that.
0: You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.